Searching for last-minute gifts? Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC and save 20% on select 750-milliliter bottles. That's 20% off gifts for the hard to shop for. 20% off gifts guaranteed to fit. 20% off gifts to celebrate the season. And 20% off a little gift for yourself. Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC. In stores and online now through December 21st. Please sip responsibly. This is the American Veteran Show. Proud to finally say these two words. Welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform. Tremendous national asset. Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors, but as liberators. Dedicated to presenting issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. I want to thank the courageous men and women who've served their country in uniform. Less than 1% population of our country chooses to serve our country in the military and the other 99% of us we owe them online at americanveteranshow.com here's Stephen Tubbs welcome to this week's edition of the American Veteran Show thank you so much for joining us on this first full weekend of summer 2022 and I hope last weekend you had a wonderful Father's Day and got together with the family a terrific show straight ahead we'll get to some uh, developing news over the last week when it comes to our U.S. men and women in uniform as we speak we'll give you an update on what happened with Iranian speedboats and our own United States Navy we'll talk Ukraine the latest and more money headed that way And we'll also hear from Joint Chiefs Chair General Mark Milley on Ukrainians that continue to fight. Also later this segment, our friend of the program, Jimmy Graham, former U.S. Navy SEAL. Next segment, more of Jimmy Graham, and then we'll take you later in the program to talk about a great military appreciation event. It's just one week from today at the Denver Polo Club, so Stay tuned for that. We'll talk all about it. And then we celebrate a very special World War II veteran's birthday as we wrap up the program. We couldn't do shows like this without our presenting sponsor, Attorney John Boson at Boson Law, fighting on behalf of veterans every single day. Their website, B-O-E-S-E-N Law, BosonLaw.com or 303-999-9999. Let's start with... Iranian speedboats, all of the sounds. Take a listen to this just a few weeks ago. Involvement, United States Navy with Iranian speedboats. Crazy stuff. We'll continue to follow that and see if there's any fallout. Now from CNBC and Shepard Smith, more United States taxpayer dollars headed to Ukraine. The Pentagon announcing today it's sending a new $450 million military package to Ukraine. That package includes a weapon known as the HIMARS. It stands for High Mobility Artillery Rocket System. It's essentially a truck that can fire up to six precision-guided missiles in less than a minute. The Pentagon has already sent four HIMARS to Ukraine as part of another military package. Today, the head of Ukraine's defense ministry thanked the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, for the weapons. And in a tweet, the Ukrainian official wrote in part, 
Summer will be hot for Russian occupiers and the last one for some of them. Meantime, Ukraine has moved a step closer to becoming part of the European Union. Just today, European leaders gathered at a summit in Brussels. They agreed to make Ukraine a candidate for EU membership. Ukraine needs to meet certain requirements to become an EU member. That could take years, even decades. Still, the head of the European Council says the decision strengthens Ukraine in the face of Russian imperialism. That from CNBC. Now we switch to, speaking of Ukraine, have you thought much about those refugees lately? I'm not trying to shame and guilt, but what about those that continue to fight earlier in the week? The Joint Chiefs Chair, General Mark Milley. In the media, you see reported uh, that Ukraine is taking 100 killed and one or two or 300 wounded per day. I would say those are in the ballpark of our assessments. I don't want to give you the actual assessments. Uh, and can they sustain that? Uh, for Ukraine, this is an existential threat. They're fighting for the very life of their country. Uh, so your ability to endure suffering, your ability to endure casualties, is directly proportional to the object to be attained. And if the object to be attained is survival of your country, then you're going to sustain it. And, and, and as long as they have leadership and they have the means by which uh, to fight, ammunition, artillery tubes, etc., uh, then I think Ukraine will continue to fight. Of course, we'll continue to follow developments out of Ukraine as the war is now well more than 120 days in duration. As we have said for weeks and weeks, no, no end in sight. Now we switch to one of our favorite guests, friends of the program. He is Jimmy Graham, United States Navy SEAL. He runs AbelShepherd.com. He stopped by the regular program last week. Can I just praise you a little bit? Uh, but I actually want you to do the talking. And y'all don't like doing that, you veterans. Why should people listen to you right now? I know. I know your background. Uh, to say boots on the ground, been there, done that would be an understatement. But would it, Can you just give a brief bio? So a little over 15 years in the SEAL teams. Um, some of that was active, some of that was a reserve. And then during my reserve time, I worked for the CIA's Global Response Staff, GRS. If you've seen the Benghazi situation with 13 hours and all that, that was my team. Was not there during the attack. I'd rotated on a scheduled rotation back home to be with my family and went back, was the last team back in Benghazi. Um, know a little bit about protection. This isn't law enforcement question, right? This is a protection thing. So it's our responsibility to protect ourselves, our loved ones, our children, right? Um, in 2012, started a company called Duty to Act LLC that's now doing business as Abel Shepherd at AbelShepherd.com. Uh, devoted my life to protecting not my children, our children. So when I see these things, it's what's seen can't be unseen. I've seen a lot, right? And if there's a better plan out there, I'm all ears because I will add it to my repertoire and we will give, uh, we grade on capability. Did you enhance a capability, yes or no? Not checking boxes. Do you have a fence? We have a fence. No, it's a four-foot fence, and it's this big, and he jumped over it. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. Or how about capability. this? Right. How, how about this? And we saw this so sadly in um, in Connecticut with Sandy Hook. Uh, well, you, yeah, great. Your door is locked. You also have a, a window right next to the door. Right. That's right. And then I shoot it out and walk in. But we called it lockdown. Is it locked down? How long would it take you? We called it fortifiable. Is it fortified? Yeah. Because, you know, you go to bed at night and you go, hey, honey, did you lock the door? Yeah, you lock the door next to the glass window. And we sleep like a baby, right? But th- when we really look at this, we've gotten comfortable and we leave that comfort. We're going to start changing our house. We're going to start changing our I recently put cameras, like literally drew the angles of the cameras on a Google Sheets and then some place them here so there's no dark spots. Somebody's mm-hmm. outside my house banging. I don't know exactly what you're doing, right? That kind of thing. It's unfortunate that we're there, but here we are. We yeah. just got comfortable. I don't know if I've ever asked you this as basic a question as as it is, but I'll ask it now. And that is, tell me how 
15 plus years as a SEAL. I mean, come on, you've had the training, but that military training, how much of that are you bringing into what you're doing right now and what we must do from this point forward? To be honest, not a lot, meaning the the resolve, the grit, the I'm not going to sit here while others, you know, whatever, I'm going to stand when others sit. Yes, absolutely. But more so in that protective role for GRS, Global Response Staff, protecting diplomats overseas and all these situations, your mind, you know this, anything you do, if, it, if somebody does it for a living, they learn so much more than if it's a hobby yeah. or a collateral duty. So when you're doing this for a living, your mind wanders and thinks about what if you're perpetually, and, and protectors do this anyways, not just CIA protector guys. The protector driving home right now from work, he's the guy that sits with his back to the wall, you know, watches the exit, he backs into parking spots, she, you know, thinks about what if that door opened, all this kind of stuff. Why? Because it benefits the kids. So when your lifestyle is that, it changes everything. So again, what's seen can't be unseen. You're saying, I could add value to that. I could fix that. I could add value to you and you might see that. So something about me really cares about stuff and wants to tell you something that might potentially save your life. AbelShepard.com. Just a couple of quick more uh, from Uvalde and the director of public safety in Texas from earlier this week. Cell phones work. It's just the portable radios that first responders had didn't. And the irony of ironies. This guy was not happy. The exterior doors, as mentioned, do not have strike plates installed to protect the bolt or latch from prying or picking. There are no dead bolts installed on the exterior door. As we come up on a break, I just wonder, is this now? Because everything is always, well, this may happen and then everybody's going to learn. Is this somehow going to be the clarion call for everybody to to wake up? Or is it now just going to be the countdown to the next one? You know, time will tell. That's been the beginning since the beginning of this. We have this uh, bad habit in the military. We always trained our last war. So whatever we saw on this one, we'll pull all our energy into that. Mm -hmm. Cops need breaching tools. And the next one, we won't get to the core of the problem, which let's get better at this. Let's be honest. Let's do an assessment and get better. Let's just go buy, spend a bunch of the taxpayers' monies on a thing, not invest in the people. Let's go buy a thing that we might not need next time. And then it's a cycle. Jimmy Graham. We'll continue our conversation with him coming up next in our next segment. Glad you're with us as we're underway. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Now, back to the American Veteran Show. Here's Stefan Tubbs. Glad you're with us on this Sunday and the first full weekend of summer 2022. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, of course, join us for our regular program Monday through Friday on 710 KNUS, 3 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, we continue our conversation coming up in just moments with Jimmy Graham. He's with Abel Shepard, and it's ableshepherd.com. Jimmy Graham, in case you missed the introduction, 15-plus years as a United States Navy SEAL. He was on the last team that was in Benghazi. He knows a thing or two about protection. He's worked for the CIA, etc. We'll continue our conversation with him in mere moments. Next segment, uh, Michael and I, Michael Arpaio and I may just may find ourselves before the end of summer on horseback. And we're going to maybe be introduced to the game of polo. Yes, at the Denver Polo Club. If so, we'll certainly pass it along. But there's a great military appreciation event at the Denver Polo Club, which technically is in Sedalia. We'll have that coming up with uh, one of the founders of the group, a family affair, most certainly. Got that coming up 
Again, last segment to our guest from earlier in the week on the regular program, Jimmy Graham, talked about his military experience, a little bit of his background. But in this next segment, we start with the talk of Uvalde, Texas, school security, as well as police officers not going in to that massacre. We know that there were officers in that hallway in Uvalde at Robb Elementary that did not do anything like I think just gut reaction, what maybe we think we would do. But if you had, if there were 20 people in that hallway waiting for a key to unlock a door that was already unlocked and they could have gone in, what would, if you had all of those 20 in a room, what would you say? Mm, that's a tough one because they know already, right? They're going to be harder on themselves than I could ever be. You can, you can crush a man forever. If you think about the coward of Broward. Broward County in Florida. Exactly. Didn't go. Parkland. That is his title forever. Right. I'm surprised. I don't even, is that guy still alive? I don't even know. That's right. a rough title to carry. Um, and people saying, well, we wanted to go in. Well, you didn't want too bad enough to go. The lady that got cuffed and released and ran and saved her own kids. Exactly. She wanted to go in. She wanted too bad enough to go do it. Right. And I get it. There's rules and there's time to say like, hey, kids are dying. Yeah, this is Benghazi again. Right. Uh, Tyrone Wood was my friend. And he says, I lose my job if I go. This is people don't know the whole story here. So there's a, if you read the book again, there's another guy above Tyrone that they left out of the movie. What he was saying is I quit. I quit. You say, don't go. I'm going, you guys stay if you want, but I can't sit here. And when he went, they went and made a difference. Uh, that choice needs to be made. Those people are called protectors. Those people get a job and put a badge on their chest, right? Other people hiding behind that thing. And I'm not saying they won't know all the story, but from what I've seen, it looks like what we call failure to fire. Standing by to stand by. Hey, uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, when, just if we get this, we'll go. If we get this, we'll go. Like, what's what's stopping you? You know, like I'm asking permission. Why are you asking permission? We have the, all the data we need. I don't think you want to bad enough to go. So you're just having somebody else validate your already made decision. So let me ask you, just buttoning up on this. Um, am I interpreting right that maybe it wouldn't even be worth you, Jimmy Graham, meeting with these 20 individuals because of what, what you had said. And that's not a criticism. It's just when you kind of look at it from what you just said, I, I think I kind of understand that. Yeah. And I think I would add, I have no problem meeting with anybody ever. I get that. Right? And then it boils down to show me. Okay. We were but now it's too thing. late. They, I, it they, is, they didn't it is. show you. Right. It's like, okay, show me. And, and what the truth is, because we just did this, by the way, with an organization that backs and trains and all this stuff. I go, okay, these people that were just certified. Okay, show me. And then we just did a very basic test on our level, and it was not good at all, right? So it's like there's only one truth here. So I'm not trying to – we call it stump the chump. I'm not trying to stump the chump. I'm not trying – I'm just saying that people paid for a thing, and you thought you had a capability, and when the truth came out, you didn't. The more schools you see, the more the truth is going to come out. Like you didn't, you didn't have the thing that you think you paid for. And all of us out here, all of us, everybody in this country that pays attention and heard – Never again after Columbine. This will never happen. My God, we have seen it within the last four weeks. Let me get to uh, a piece of audio, a couple of them. Jimmy Graham at the Western Conservative Summit just a few weeks ago. We can do better than this. This is everybody's responsibility. So if somebody says, you know, it's not my job to call 911, then I would say find a new job. I'm sorry that being a teacher changed. It has. No one signed up for this. This is just the reality. And I want to see my children again. And I tell people too, don't talk to me as if I'm not a father. I have four children. I have skin in this game, and I will for a long time. By the way, even if I didn't, because I am a shepherd, I am a protector, I'll be doing this for the rest of my life. Mark my words. Look at that. Uh, Applause, of course. Uh, 
I guess, focused, hyper-focused. How was that for you to address that that crowd of, of patriots and conservatives? It's amazing. It was hard for me, and I mentioned that. I was like, the hardest part of this is going to be composing myself after that flag goes by. I was on Patriot, like it was the military appreciation night. Appreciation right. night. Just when I hear... When I hear music that's patriotic and see that flag, I'm seeing something different than most of that room with buddies I've lost, with the country I love, with what's happening to the country that I swore to defend. So now I got to, hey, pull it together. I think you literally did that. Talk, man. Get out there (laughs) and pull, get your stuff together. And then I do. And and I told them, I was very um, upfront. I had a whole different leadership message. And then Texas happened. And I felt called. I woke up at four in the morning and I said, I'm rewriting this whole thing because there's a message only I can tell. And it's it's more attached to my job. I don't like to have a, a marketing hook, but I'm like, only you can say this. Go in strong. Their team worked with me and got it out. From the Western Conservative Summit, Jimmy Graham, our guest here in studio, a very, very good speech. And I think opened some eyes. If anybody ever asks me, what have you done for your country? <clears throat> my answer will forever be not enough. I've got more to give. I'm not asking for favors. Thank you. (sighs) The hardest part about this talk, the only part I was worried about, is if I could compose myself after that flag went by. So I pulled that off, and then I scrambled at the end, so forgive me. Um, You have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. If we're talking schools, churches, civic groups, I've had our local security director tell me, We've just got to hold out for three minutes. It's my duty to tell you this. That's a bad place to start because a three-minute response time by police. A healthy place to start is if the police don't come, we've still got a plan. And if they show up, it's better. Then deconflict and make sure you don't poke a bunch of holes in each other and make sure that you understand it's your responsibility to protect your children. It's your responsibility to protect your schools, your churches. If it's your responsibility to educate your children, we pay our taxes so professionals aid us. We're on the same team as these heroes in blue. But we have to work together. But it is ultimately my responsibility, and we must understand that first. Please join us in saving this nation. I'm a parent. I don't have a choice. My kids need to see me doing this so they know how to do it. Because we made a damn mess, and it kills me that they have to clean it up. God bless each and every one of you. Take care of one another. Thank you. You need to take a compliment, or are you just going to go, ah, well. Okay, you're going to take a compliment. That was, that was amazing. Thank you. And, you know, the, uh, what you just said, proof positive, you were, you, you were talking from the heart, because what you had described, then we played this that, that you said. I, this is not, I don't think, devil's advocate, but we hear you. I've heard you. I'll have you on until, uh, how about this, Kingdom Come. How's that? We play you, the, uh, our audience, the, the couple of clips from you at the Western Conservative Summit. All right, Jimmy, I love what you're saying. I love and so appreciate your sacrifice and what you went through, even in training to be a Navy SEAL. I, I so respect that. Jimmy, what in the hell do you want me to do then? What do you say to that? Obviously, there are different roles for different people. If, um, my entire speech was based off three basic questions. One was, 
you know, what do you stand for? You need to figure that out. I told him before you leave this room, you better figure this out, right? Because anyone will blow you if you don't know that. The second thing is what's your hill to take, and that's what you're asking. What's my personal right. hill to take? That's going to require some prayer. Something is you may not see yourself as a leader, but if you support people that are leaders, and I give a host of them, right? Go support these people. If you're leading and supporting, you are a leader, right? And the last thing was, do you care enough to do anything about it? And I'm, don't answer me with words because I'll know next week. So if they saw well, the so summit, show me, right? Right, right. Show me. If, you, if you're like, yeah, what you said, and they go back and do nothing, man, I know where you stand. And that's unfortunate. And I'm not in charge of you. I'm in charge of me. But now you know where I stand, right? Now you know what I'm going to be doing. I used to call it between Panera Bread because I'd go to these safety <laughs> summits, right? Yeah. And there'd be Panera Bread and we'd all talk. Sure. And be, yeah. Next month I'll see you. We'll have more Panera Bread. What are you doing between Panera Bread, brother? You know, get to it and get after it. And you better have a host of things to share next month. You know, so that's where I think people like being the guy that talks about the stuff. I'm like, be the guy that does the stuff, you know. So that's that's what's needed is a little more action for those leaders and, you know, specifically veterans with the suicide problem. I truly believe there's a tie in not having a mission, not having a vision after the military will take you down. Right. Twenty two a day. It's not a good number. Twenty two. Yeah, so to, to be able to find a mission and say, you remember that leadership that you invested in and that grit. And that's the thing that I can't teach the grit thing. I could teach these skills and situation where blah, 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 all this other stuff. If you don't have grit, I can't give it to you. That's the thing that you got to show up with. Well, you got a nation of uh, um, veterans that have, that have invested in that and proven it, right? We need them to show up right now. Again, our thanks to United States veteran Navy SEAL Jimmy Graham, ableshepherd.com. Coming up, we take you to the Denver Polo Club. That comes up next. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Welcome back to the American Veteran Show. We continue now with Stefan Tubbs. So glad you're with us on this Sunday for the American Veteran Show. And I want to just remind you, and, and Proof Positive is, is actually coming up with our great guest in mere moments. We do this program not to try to cram down your throat what we want you to believe or, or think. We're full service. And if you ever have... You'll never know if we'll say yes if you if you don't reach out. We love to highlight military charities, events that celebrate our veterans and active duty. And I could go on, but why? Because this segment is exactly why we do this program and uh, military appreciation polo tournament ahead. And Tara Heeb joins us from the Denver Polo Club and it is a pleasure to have you, especially the way you found out how to get in touch with us. Thank you so much. Yes, exactly that way. Listening to your radio show and um, wanting to reach out and do more for our military veterans. Well, I think it's terrific. So you've got an event coming up, uh, and it is what? Uh, it's over the 4th of July weekend in Sedalia. Tell us all about it. Yeah, it's a July 3rd uh, Military Appreciation Polo Tournament. It's actually our USPA Centennial Cup Finals, United States Polo Association. And it's our finals of a really great polo match. And it falls on July 3rd. And every year we do this amazing tailgating event where we honor military families. Anybody, um, military or first responder, can uh, come for free. And then... um, families that are non-military. It's a $50 admission for a tailgating spot. And we have a a fun time getting everybody to do red, white, and blue themes. And we have contests for the best tailgate. And we have contests for the best red, white, and blue outfit. 
and we it's our way of giving back to the military that's given so much to us mm-hmm. and we'll grill hot dogs and hamburgers and just have a really great time on a beautiful polo field um like 30 minutes south of Denver in Sedalia. Oh, I love Sedalia. Our guest is uh is is Tara Heeb and you guys do this I I guess you you kind of indicated, you know, that it's going to be a patriotic event and your appreciation, but I've got to say when I think polo, I, I don't know if I necessarily make a, a military connection, at least here in this country. So kind of tell us maybe some history and why you guys do this overall. Yeah, polo um, polo draws a crowd from wide-ranging demographics. We have little kids. I've got uh, 11, 10, and 15-year-olds that play polo regularly. And then we've got some high-powered CEOs and corporate types, and we've even got several from the military. So it actually draws from lots of different areas, mm-hmm. and it's a fast-paced sport on horseback. Sort of, if you combine chess with hockey, it's um, it's basically like chess at 35 miles an hour. <laughs> the rules are very similar to hockey, so it's really fun. And there's nothing better than on a July afternoon in the beautiful state of Colorado to be on 40 acres of groomed grass field with your family and friends feeling the footprints of those horses, the, their hoofbeats as they gallop by you. That is so cool. We um, are happy to, to promote this. You can go online, friends, to denverpoloclub.com, and then you'll, uh, you'll see the ways. What's the first click that we need to make once we're there? Then you'll go to the watch button. So it says if you want to play polo, there's one button. If you want to watch polo, it's the other. So go to the watch button and then find uh, the Military Appreciation Day. Yeah, July 3rd, it's coming up. So we're having this. Obviously, this is uh, what we're talking about is next weekend. But I I tell you, I think it's terrific. How do you kind of trace your love of horses? You get involved with the Denver Polo Club. What's uh, the background for you? Uh, it's a family affair for sure. So my parents started the Denver Polo Club in the early 80s. So 1982, we started the Denver Polo Club um, at our original location next to Chatfield Reservoir. And now we've expanded into our Sedalia location. And my sister and I run the Denver Polo Club. My sister Erica is an international polo star. She just went to Argentina to be a part of the very first International Polo Women's Open which was fantastic. Um, so she's she has the polo passion. We do everything horses, our family. Uh-huh. So that's been really fun too. I, uh, she does polo. I do hunter jumpers. My kids are getting into it. Nice. So it's definitely a family affair. Yeah. And how long is, has the game of polo been around? Just, just right off the top of your head because, you know, you see, especially – I look, I'm a big Anglophile, so I love everything about the UK and and Great Britain and England. And that's where, when I think polo, I think over there. And it actually, polo started as military games in the early 1500s. Wow. And they would play polo in versions of polo in actually in India. And um, when Great Britain took over India, that's how it got imported to Great Britain. And the love of horses in Europe in general is is a big it's a big passion it's a big industry horses are mm-hmm. and polo is just part of that so yeah actually military games 
in the 1500s. Well, and that's why you're here on the American Veterans Show. Uh, Tara Heeb is with the <laughs> Denver Polo Club. You know, just uh, again, friends, I want to make sure that before we wrap up with uh, our guest that you know how to get in touch and, and see maybe something you've never seen before on a great patriotic weekend celebrating our, our independence. Again, Denver Polo Club. And once you get there to the website, denverpoloclub.com, just click on watch and then go down to the event on July 3rd. It's in Sedalia. I notice on the website that it, it's 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Is Does it really start in the morning? It really starts in the morning. Yeah. We try to get everything wrapped up before it gets too hot. Mm-hmm. I think our first throw-in is actually at 10 o'clock. And they do a throw-in, like a hockey throw-in. So um, gates open at 8, and the first match will be at 10, and the second match will be at noon. Okay, so these are normally, so are they normally a little less than two-hour matches? Yep, yep, exactly. Got it. They have different um, periods. In hockey, they call them periods. Mm -hmm. In polo, they call them chuckers. So they'll play six chuckers or six periods, um, and it'll be a really fun, fast-paced game. We've got um, teams coming in from out of state to be part wow. of the Centennial Cup final. Yeah, we're excited to host everyone. You know, I'm, I'm getting a look from our, our producer, Michael Arpaio, right now, and I think what his look tells me is that we need to, at minimum, sometime see a polo match, and maybe at maximum, we may try to have to... Do you ever allow any rookies to play? Every day. <laughs> We have people come. It's kind of a funny thing with the polo people is they learn how to play polo before they learn how to ride. So if you can imagine that, um, getting on a horse without knowing how to ride and still hitting a ball, Um, we do that all the time. Anyone can play polo. Yeah, it's really, really fun. Do we have to bring – do you use – are they called mallets? Yeah, yeah, they're called mallets. And they're long 50 to 53-inch mallets. Uh They're made of bamboo. Um, a lot of people will hold a mallet and they'll think that you hit it with the skinny end of the head, like croquet, but you really hit it with the flat, long side of the head. Um, and the ball is a small, maybe a little, little smaller than a softball sized, hard plastic ball. This is unbelievable. How this is Mm -hmm. the first time. Yeah. How is, how is this the first time that we've had, this is really, really interesting. And, um, Michael says he's in, so we'll, we'll talk to you, you know, down the road, but I think it's terrific that, you know, it starts with a, a family, uh, idea. And then I love on, I'll read for our friends as we wrap up, uh, this from the website quote, our military paramedics, police and firemen have been working so hard these past few months and we want to celebrate them and their families. And I'm sure even the Denver Polo Club, of course, uh, was probably at, at some level impacted by the pandemic. I think it's great that you guys are are back at it. And again, it's an 8 a.m. start uh, a week from today, in fact, for Independence Day. What haven't I asked you as we wrap up? Uh, it, it, like the the polo question I haven't asked because maybe I'm afraid to ask. I don't know. Well, and I think if we talk about family, we talk about friends, we talk about military and giving back, and we want to make sure that everybody knows it's a family event that you can bring little bitty kids. We'll have yard games out for kids to play with. We'll have horses for them to pet. Um, we've got, we've got an open bar or a full bar for, um, people. So for the adults, but we'll also have an ice cream truck for the kids. So we just want to make sure that everybody knows you can bring your family. 
plan on spending the whole day. We're a family that loves horses, and we want to share our passion of horses with you guys. I tell you what, we will certainly have you on again. The website, denverpoloclub.com. Click on watch and then uh, look for the July 3rd event. And again, free admission for active and retired military and your families. Uh, Tar, thank you so much. And, and, you know, have a happy, happy 4th of July weekend and look forward to meeting you down the road. Thank you. That would be great. And happy 4th of July. And Be a proud American, everybody. This is a great country, and we need to love it for what it is. And that is a perfect way to end it. We'll wrap up the American Veteran Show coming up next, AmericanVeteranShow.com. This is the American Veteran Show, online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stephen Tubbs. Ah, yes. Happy birthday to one of my favorite human beings on the planet. We'll have him coming up in just a moment. A little replay from when our birthday boy, who turns 96 years young today, uh, he was with us on the regular program just uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, Thank you so much for all of the support that uh, you give us every single week here on the American Veteran Show. It is most appreciated. And, of course, our website, new and improved with the updated podcasts, AmericanVeteranShow.com. So, who is our birthday boy? United States Marine, World War II veteran, Joe Weinmeyer. He is one of my dearest friends. I love the man just a couple of nights ago on Friday. My Wild Friday night was at a local Elks Lodge celebrating the birth and the life of Joe Weinmeyer. Let me ask you about... The communication back in the day, you know, today I find that, look, I have such high respect and I know you do as well for our active duty or maybe recently retired or, you know, they got out of the service after uh, stints, many tours for some in Iraq and Afghanistan. But but the communication, I don't think it can be overstated that there was for the lack of a better term. I mean, there was nothing for for the most part sure there was mail but now at least you know some of our 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 men and women in in uniform can you know they can do the video oh, conferencing yeah. or have a cell phone communication or whatever but back then i mean it was you were was, out yeah sometimes you get the news two days later you know if you were lucky maybe. if you were lucky yeah the, 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 we didn't have the communication then as we have now did you write a lot of letters back home oh yeah and to my brother who was overseas also but yeah i wrote uh wrote home all the time mm-hmm. how how was the communication from home to you was that uh what we've seen even in the movies where you know there's the mail distribution and where you, uh, you had to be happy to hear Oh, yeah, well, it was always good to get a letter from home to make sure that everybody was all right. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they were always concerned about me, too. And I assured them that I was all right. Mm -hmm. Did you give them ever, were you really 100% honest with feelings? And I know you couldn't say a lot because these were being censored, censored, right? Right, right. Yeah, they censored all our incoming and outgoing. 
but so you had to be careful what you wrote. You uh, otherwise your letter wouldn't go through. Were you ever aware of being censored? No, no. Uh, how about anything coming into you? No, I, not that I know of. Yeah, because I wonder what they would do. Maybe you would know. I don't. Would they literally like if you got a mail uh, letter from mom and mom may have said whatever? Would they black it out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or they'd let you know that what they did, you know. So uh, I wouldn't know what was was said. Mm -hmm. You turn 18 in boot camp, and uh, I would assume you were obviously not the only 18-year-old. That had, just looking back now, you're 95, looking back at that portion of your life, and I know you have memories of of that era, you look around, these are... These are freaking kids. You were a kid. That's right. And that's why I say uh, it's a good thing we were all young and gullible and gung-ho. Or we probably still be fighting yeah. if we were older. You know, it's it, you use the word gullible. I think it's an interesting one that I've known you a long time. I've never heard you use that word. Uh, kind of expand on that because I think I know what you mean. Well, thinking you can do what you can't. But, uh, yeah. It, uh, well, you wouldn't want to have the attitude of any other other way, right? Oh, no, no. Well, that's what gets you through. You're, you're, you're trained to do what you're supposed to do, and you know what you had to do, and get the job done so you can go home. Mm-hmm. 78 years and the 78th anniversary of, of D-Day. That's obviously on the the shores of France and in Normandy and, you know, gold and sword and Juno and Omaha and, and all of the beaches there. You are literally halfway around the world. Did you get word? I don't even know if you can remember how many, but you, you had to hear because D-Day was so, so huge. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I can't remember. Uh, we did hear about it. Uh, but how, I don't remember. You had mentioned to me earlier about maybe it was word of mouth or maybe from a commanding officer. Yeah, well, when something would happen, word would get around one way or the other. But like I say, it was word of mouth mm-hmm. that uh, whoever got the information passed it on to the rest of us. So... That's about the only communication we had. Boy, and you want to talk about the potential for, you know, you remember, I don't know if you uh, played that game of telephone where you, you know, whisper in somebody's ear and then by the time it comes all the way around, you know, something that was pretty much a non-event could be huge. But, I mean, you want to talk about a risk of when it's word of mouth. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you know, somebody always adds a few words. (laughs) And exactly. sometimes it gets to be quite a story by the time you get it. Yeah. Joe Weinmeyer is our guest. I love this man. He is a World War II veteran, United States Marine Corps. He is just a few weeks away from his 96th birthday. Did put a picture of you. I, I know you. I didn't ask your permission, but I know it's easier to ask forgiveness. But I know you don't mind. But no. put your picture out there on social media. You're a handsome devil and uh, you're a hero in my eyes. Let me ask you about, you know, you look at the events that you've seen and the, the story that I know I've asked you about a hundred times. But I, I just on the off chance, somebody's never heard you before. Um, tell us the flamethrower story. Well, uh, the flamethrower, fully loaded, weighed 70 pounds. 
and it had a range of about 40 yards. And I tell you, I could feel the heat coming back. I can just imagine how hot it was Ooh. on the other end, you know. But uh, in combat, the flamethrower's life was two minutes because you were a target because of the uh, firepower you had as well as your BAR men. Those two were the two most feared weapons in on on the ground, and, and you could—I mean, obviously, you're a target because you potentially could do so much damage. Exactly, exactly. Pillboxes. You had training and all of that. To oh yeah, where to shoot, and yeah. where to point, and yeah, oh yeah. Well, you stick the nozzle of it in in the opening of a pillbox or a bunker, and you don't know how many men would be in there. Well, you'd you'd—they'd all die. Yeah. And, of course, you're the one they're going to try to put away. Mm-hmm. You were actually, you were kind of, as as uh, the term goes, voluntold that you were going to do this. Uh, tell us about that. Well, of course, after I got out of boot camp, we went to advanced training. And we did a, a lot of weapons training. And, of course, one of the weapons was a flamethrower. And, of course, that all goes on your record. So when I got overseas and joined the the orga, the company I was in. In the Marine 5th Division. 5th Division, mm-hmm. the 3rd Battalion, headquarters company. And, of course, uh, they had all of our records and what you had done prior to. Let's see. Weinmeyer, Weinmeyer, yeah. Weinmeyer. What did you do? Oh. <laughs> oh, they see on their, uh, all the... the practice I've had with different weapons also then they had flamethrower so the first thing we fell out in the morning the first thing the sergeant said I need a flamethrower Weinmeyer (laughs) and I was a flamethrower from then on there you go (laughs) happy birthday Joe I don't know if you're listening right now but I certainly hope that you had a wonderful birthday today it continues and know that you are one of my best friends and we are all in your debt for wearing the uniform in World War II That's all the time we have. Join us for the regular program tomorrow, 3 to 7. And always appreciate you joining us Monday through Friday. For producer Michael Arpaio, I'm Stefan Tubbs. Have a great week ahead, everyone. And remember our troops. The American Veterans Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteransShow.com. Join us next week for another edition of The American Veterans Show. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. 
for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.